All right. Well, hi, everybody. This is Dr. John Barrett with Dr. Steve Harris. Hello. Hey, Steve. Yes. Hey. Hey. So we want to welcome you to our podcast, Coffee with Shrinks. This is our third episode. Welcome. And Yeah. And hey, Steve, I think we're really, I think we're getting official today because when I logged on today to the app, I typed in, I typed in coffee with, and then I scrolled down and it was there, coffee with ah, drinks. Nice, nice. And so we're, uh, we're rocking and rolling here. That's right. Now, um, for the record, I always say something about this. Today I have tea, so I hope that's uh, acceptable. Oh, okay. Close uh, at, enough. Close, close enough. enough. Okay. I A guess hot beverage. And, and I think you might be moving towards beer. that's often on the horizon yes maybe if we do one late enough we might uh we we might have that that that's right that's right yeah all right that's a good point well well today we've got really i think this is we we've got our first official topic today we've in our previous two episodes We've covered some topics, but they've mainly been um, introductory to who we are and, and the format and whatnot. And today we're going to talk about madness, a topic that I think both Steve and I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a kind of a, a preliminary thought I might share, Steve, before I turn it over to you. Yeah. Um, I I, uh, I was doing some reading today or this week rather i i've been reading a book by frank summers called psycho transcendence what's it called i don't know oh, the transcendent self i believe is what it's called mm-hmm. and so in there he uses a term he has this term called anchorless existence oh and it it reminded it, it came it stuck out to me i think for two reasons number one we are using the anchor app <laughs> and so, and then we face some technical challenges here, mm-hmm. but I thought maybe it, I don't, I don't know. It could relate to today, but if it doesn't, we could probably use it anyways. And he uses this term anchorless existence to describe the, the, the place where a, a patient in therapy gets when they've, they've pretty much given up their old coping strategies of dealing with the world and and they don't yet have a new more mm-hmm. authentic true self way of relating mm-hmm. and he calls he calls that space an anchorless existence oh interesting and it's it's quite terrifying for people mm-hmm. and um he he actually advocates like there would like some some people might be more tempted just to you just interpret that space and a person is just needs to accept that that's just reality. Mm -hmm. And, but he advocates actually, um, he takes from the analyst, the psychoanalyst Hans Leewald Mm -hmm. about having, it's important to have a vision for a person in their growth and, and to really, try to tune in and, and um, work with them as, as they become who they can be, thus transcending their old self kind of thing. So okay, I, 
I thought I'd share that. I'm not sure it it relates. I don't know if it relates to what you want to say, but it might be a contrast uh-huh. to to what we talk about. So, yeah, yeah, and you know, I now that you said that, I, I think maybe um, I'm thinking we might be able to look at those either in contrast or maybe as um, opposites or something like that that might um, might relate somehow. Right. Yeah, different. And, and, and maybe it will it will make madness a little more clear even if it's if it's a yeah. contrast yeah right that's that's a right i i hope so yeah so why don't you go ahead and and uh okay and and, and share with yeah some, yeah what i wanted to talk about um in introducing us to this extremely broad topic it, it is probably all kinds of images that people uh, hold or they think of diagnoses or uh, all kinds of things. But also we use this language with each other when we're angry. We say, are you mad? Or I, I'm really mad. Um, and then uh, we also, um, you know, in a more uh, uh, upset mode, we'll say you're going mad or, you know, and, and things like this. And so, um and at the same time, we have the image of the mental hospital and uh, things like the label schizophrenia and the like. Um, so I yeah. want to start this off with, um, I was going to say three quotes. Actually, it's one research finding and two um, fairly short quotes about uh, schizophrenia. The, the, the first quote is from the 20th century um, writer and psychiatrist, Carl Jung. And I'm going to paraphrase his quote. If you want to look up the exact quote, I don't know where it is in his writings, but it's in um, R.D. Lang's Divided Self. Oh, yeah. And he says that Carl Jung, I'm paraphrasing, the schizophrenic, when understood, stops being schizophrenic. Oh. So that's quote number one. Yeah, okay. Number two is a research finding um, in Chicago. Uh, uh, this was published in a psychiatric journal in the 1970s by uh, Harrow and Prozen. And um, a big idea with schizophrenia, at least, is, is we've been calling it a thought disorder, meaning the person's thoughts and their speech become incoherent, and it's seen as a huge cardinal sign of schizophrenia. And these researchers, what they did is they asked um, questions uh, of verbal intelligence where people gave these, uh, the schizophrenics gave these incoherent answers that were really hard to understand. But then what they did, they tape recorded it and they brought it back with the interviewer with the same people and asked the patient to explain what they meant and what was interesting is most of the schizophrenics were able to give coherent explanations for their incoherent speech. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so there's that research finding. And then just one more quote. It's a lot shorter than that long research findings thing. And this is one by Harry Stack Sullivan, in the, who worked in the middle of the 20th century with a lot of schizophrenics. He said, everyone is simply much more human than otherwise. Huh. <laughs> wow, interesting. What What do you think he means by that? 
I think that he thinks that there's something about normal and mad or abnormal that we separate in our minds, but we're really on a, a you know, we're, we're really not that much different. We have right. our struggles and we're, our crazy thoughts and ideas, and maybe we don't go crazy, but we're not as different from the schizophrenic as we think. Yeah. We're, we're not that, we're not that far off. Mm -hmm. Inter that's interesting. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah. and then, Sometimes it almost feels like when people protest against that notion, they appear to me to be afraid of their madness. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, so anyway, this is uh, my introduction because I had to think about which order I wanted to say them in. And the, yeah. the, fir the first seems to convey a sense of, that there's a human relationship problem with schizophrenia that once someone feels understood, it changes how they feel inside themselves. There's an alienation component. Right. Right. Schizophrenia. Yeah. Schizophrenia. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, now I'm, I'm, as I'm, I'm listening to you here, you know, I have, I, I worked in, in, I worked with the chronically mentally ill for about wow. 10 years. That's right. And and so I, as I'm listening, I'm just reflecting on that. And I don't, I don't quite know what to interject right now, but it, mm. it's, uh, it's bringing up memories and emotional memories as well as experiences too. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, uh -huh. yeah, I, I, I would say that what you just said about the, the, the relational the, mm -hmm. that that sounds that sounds quite true to my experience right and you know i'm mindful as we say that together or think about that together that um the efforts to relate to a schizophrenic aren't necessarily easy oh yeah it was exhausting <laughs> exhausting work i, I mean I, i'll just throw that in mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely like 10 minutes with a, a schizophrenic mm -hmm. is like a half a day's work. I mean, it's wow. Uh -huh. it's, very, it's very draining. That's probably mm -hmm. a little bit exaggeration, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's tiring. Yeah. 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 And so this doesn't mean that, Oh, all we have to do is be relational and be friendly or nice and shake their hand. And, you know, suddenly they'll stop being schizophrenic. Right. No, exactly. The work of penetrating past their defenses, their alienation, um, almost their almost uh, crumbled sense of identity. That, that, that's going to take a while if, if yeah. it's at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In fact, there's a lot of research evidence that seems to suggest that the longer they go without having relationships or if we don't intervene with therapy early and they're just a patient who have an illness with a medication that throttles their brain and um, they're kind of seen as uh, um, uh, outliers or something of this sort that the, the illness grows layers or, yeah. Ill you know, yeah, that, that uh, resonates with me and my work. I mean, and this kind of brings up, possibly some other cult cultural issues that we want to touch on but the mm -hmm. way the way that we treat the mentally ill that mm -hmm. that level yes yeah. like i think it's making it worse the 
mm-hmm. because the people aren't getting any real help. They're getting a place uh, to live and medication. Yeah, yeah. And and you know the the old the old state hospitals they've all closed down. Uh huh. Um, you know, there's not a therapeutic milieu in any kind of way that right prevent these people live in isolation and right right you know and tragically on the um this argument that uh, biological psychiatry has that it's a brain disease uh, and th- which will get worse if they don't keep taking their medication they've actually found that with medication um this actually can create the longer you take it will damage the brain and um interesting yeah yeah and so some of the things they say are part of the illness are actually sometimes part of the medication doing it uh, in yes. terms of stru- structural changes in the brain. In, in the brain. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I could see that in my work at these hospitals that on the one hand, <clears throat> it, it, you could say it helped people, but then it, it hurt them too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that what 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 comes do you something come to mind well well for one thing it it didn't completely take their hallucinations and delusions away mm-hmm. and it it made the, like it just overmedicated them to where they they slept a lot um couldn't sometimes couldn't make it to the bathroom mm-hmm. i mean and their self care mm-hmm. which is questionable anyways mm-hmm. but it, it just it in some ways it got worse uh they let themselves go uh yeah yeah uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah i see yeah yeah um and i want to sort of be fair to biological studies because um even though there's a lot of problems and controversy as well as um, sometimes even falsifying data. I I do think that there are uh, that individuals who develop uh, schizophrenia, uh, sometimes bipolar or illness uh, disorders that we um, think about when we think of mental illness, we, I think there's a really strong support for differences in personality or temperament in that some people are more sensitive to certain kinds of experiences. They're easily overwhelmed. And um, one way of looking at this is, is um, all human beings uh, for the most part are able to dissociate when they're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. They, the brain has a way to escape something that, that they can't escape. And so they dissociate, you know, we, we might probably even do it in this conversation. There might be something that, uh, you say, and I don't want to talk about it, or I even skirt away with it without even realizing it for some reason, yeah. uncomfortable. And they found, they're starting to find that the difference between schizophrenics and people who develop dissociative disorders or even, even multiple personality now called dissociative identity disorder, that schizophrenics aren't able to dissociate. Oh, that's fascinating. Interesting. Yeah, you know, because that that is something that I used to think about when I worked with these folks was what what's the difference here, and mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, yeah. Like, like it, so the ability to dissociate then is an important. Yeah. It's a survival. It's a survival technique. Yeah. That's not yeah. a, we don't, we wouldn't want to medicate. That's an important uh-huh. thing to be able to do. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a kind of brilliant part of the brain's architecture to be able to manufacture an escape when there was no escape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm talking uh, more about trauma when I say it that way, but yeah. Right. Uh, right. Um, yeah. So. Interesting. Um, yeah. And so I think there's a different, if we were to call it a dissociation it, that schizophrenics do, it's not dissociation from an experience it's like a more massive dissociation from themselves that they they that kind of there's something you said about the uh earlier on that made me think of this how schizophrenics um um leave reality okay yeah Um, yeah for sure i'm writing a chapter right now their own yeah, yeah, I'm writing a chapter right now and it's entitled Over the Edge when reality will not do. Wow. Yeah. Uh it's when, when things yeah. are too much and there's there's no ability to escape or dissociate. It's just a, a collapse. Yeah. yeah. And and you know, here's one of the, this is I'll share this from my uh experience that I had several patients mm-hmm. who had been um you know, and in car chases by the police. Wow. This is in the, the mental hospital. Or? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Like these were some of the folks that we would see on the, the news at night. Oh, being chased. And, and they, and they were, Person. they would, they would be completely overwhelmed. They would pull over, they would get arrested. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would be, I'm, they weren't necessarily, they didn't undergo police brutality. But they would get they would get to jail, mm-hmm. and oftentimes in jail, they would just be brutalized. Oh, and oh. and it would. They were probably a little bit psychotic to begin with, obviously, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that would just put them way over the edge. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're in their yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, that's uh, so. There's this like whatever happened that triggered it and then and this horrible getting beaten up and yeah. Uh, and, and, and then they would create, they would just create an, a, a try to create a new reality from there. Uh-huh. Like right. a different, a different identity, right. um, a different way of, well, seeing the world or possibly the universe. Um, right. Right. Yeah. And now that you say that, I, I find myself thinking about something that might slowly bring us back to your uh, transcendent um, self uh, thing you talked about with, um, uh, was it Frank Summers? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's another story. It's told by Carl Jung when he was supervising uh, someone. The patient told uh, the therapist that, she went to the moon. And so, so Uh this was in the 1940s. So she probably didn't even get, you know, it's not like it was the Apollo mission yet. And yes, but but anyway, um, she, uh, uh, the, the therapist went back to Carl Jung and Carl Jung 
asked her to go ask the patient, when did she go to the moon? And of course, now the therapist was thinking, I might have entered the wrong profession. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> I don't think I'm ready to get into that reality, that alternate reality that I think you just mentioned. Okay, uh, yeah. And yet she followed orders, the marching orders, went back, and the woman said, well, I... It started when I was about 14, when members of my, uh, my uncle uh, started raping me. Oh, my goodness. And so uh, yeah. what this speaks to is, is the other reality is not random craziness. It's an obvious, in my mind at least, symbolic representation yeah. of a need to escape uh -huh. a rape that she couldn't dissociate from and develop PTSD or some other lesser crazy condition than a, right. than a psychosis. Right. No. Wow. That's really something. And so that, that it seems like that symbolism, but the, the wisdom of Carl Jung's question is, is it raises the possibility of a language that might be able to connect with this person and begin the work of trying to bring them back to reality. Uh, and, um, manage what has been previously unbearable. Yeah. I don't know if that starts to take a step closer to your Frank Summers thing or not. No. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure either, but uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, that uh, I can't find the words at the moment for it, but it, it feels like it could be. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, I think it's potentially helping that person um, move in to a the the anchorless existence. Yeah. Yes. A, a, as from possibly a full a full psychotic episode. It's yeah. a step. It's a step in that direction. Or, or you know, I'm going to bow to you on this, but because of your experience with all these patients, or or keep her from going further into. Uh, you know that that would that that's a possibility. I think that could happen. Okay. If there was enough contact to, mm -hmm. to, to stay with it, um, yeah. because what, what would happen sometimes with me is that I would, I would make, and this didn't happen that often, mm -hmm. but I would occasionally really make some contact with people mm -hmm. and then I would come back and they were in the locked unit because oh, something they, so they like that afternoon after I left they got in a fight mm. and, and or tried to beat up a nurse mm -hmm. and, and ended up getting in the lock unit because they were, they were in such pain and they were such, so agitated, although they weren't necessarily agitated when I left, but they didn't have any containment for that. So your thought is that they, something meaningful happened between. Yes patient but there was no way to to uh make use of it or process it or except for act it out in a crazy way exactly and uh, because uh, of the way the system is uh, i you know the, i was doing once a week 20 minute sessions with these folks <laughs> whereas uh -huh. if i i could have come back and maybe even later that day or later the next day mm -hmm. it, it, it i think it could have been some of that stuff could have been prevented. Wow. I, I'm just thinking what a dilemma for you to wonder about what to say. 
Exactly. Yeah. You know, it feels so meaningful and maybe I should just say it and hope that something will come of it. Or do I leave it alone? As some people say, leave. Well enough alone. Yeah, exactly. And I, I really, I really got to the point of where I, I would not try to push people on these kind of things, mm-hmm. but sometimes they, they just would open up and, Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they, I, I they liked me and they told me things. Mm-hmm. Um, wow! And it was so it was beautiful, but it it was a little dangerous as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And 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 once again on the system, the and this isn't really criticism about the people, but you know the nurses. And the aides, they're they're really not equipped and trained anymore to deal with uh, these kind of people, other than medication management. Yeah, right, right. So, yeah, yeah, and 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 I think that makes me think of another quote that uh, the psychoanalyst uh, Bertram Karen, who works a lot with uh, psychotic conditions because we're not equipped and there's something about being equipped that is just massively difficult. Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. And he says, quote, understanding persons with schizophrenia means facing facts about ourselves, our families and our society that we do not want to know Mm. or or to know again. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's true. That's tough. That's, it uh, is. Man. It is. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, it doesn't stop my drive to want to change how we look at madness. And uh, I know you and I talk about this a lot when we look at the writings of George Atwood and, and right. other. Yeah. How try to humanize, as you said at the beginning of this podcast. Okay. Right. Yeah. I yeah, I know that I when I read George Atwood, I I have in a way some envy towards him the way he talks about how he worked with this population and he was in a system where he could spend like 3 or 4 hours with a patient <laughs> and, you know and walk and now I don't you know that would be incredibly hard work mm-hmm. but but he was able to make some progress and and, and the system was a little different. And I hate to glorify the old days, but I think it was better. Yeah. Um, yeah. What we, what we have now. Yeah. So. Right. Right. It, yeah. it, it just seems somehow it, it, this is oversimplified, but um, we, in the old days, if there were these, these glorified old days, it felt like we wanted to know what was in the mind of the, of the mad person. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh-huh. it's it further and further apart. We're afraid of what's knowing what, what what's in the mad person, because it might say something about ourselves, you know? Yeah. yeah about our, uh, well, I, I'm thinking of, of society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, right. you know, when, when I first started the, the guy, he wasn't really my boss, but he, helped get me into it he said to me he said you know these these are the lepers of our society 
Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we don't, nobody wants them. We don't know how to hand treat them. And it's, that's, it, it's very sad. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm actually very similarly. I'm uh, writing about them in my chapter in the religious sense of being the lost, one of the ultimate cases of the lost sheep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not, yeah. not that everyone isn't in their own way <laughs> a bit lost. Yeah, but, right. Uh, anyway. And, and they, you know, it's funny, too, is that these people, most of them, they're, they're very endearing people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, they're often very, I mean, very likable. After you get to know them, mm -hmm. on the surface, they're very difficult. But uh, a lot of them, even they made me laugh. I mean, I mm -hmm. not, not laugh at them, but I, I just would they're they're funny they're witty and um and they're creative in a way it's yeah yeah that's, yeah I, I think yeah. so yeah you I, I know as you say that i'm thinking about how i come to appreciate their plight as well just their yeah uh, the the whole uh effort to be a human being you know oh, that's a good point yeah yeah uh-huh i remember one guy he told me, cause he, he, the, um, I don't know what his term was. I'll just call them the devils. They were like gangsters. They were on the outside of the walls of the hospital he was in. Yeah. And he, he had to, he had to stay in the hospital because it wasn't safe to go out there with those. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, wow. and, and so he had to, he had to, this was his human plight right now. Uh huh. Uh huh. He, he thought he would get out someday, but not right now. Wow. Wow. Uh, oh. This has its own logic that uh, is protective and trying to manage some really overwhelming things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> well, I see that we're we're kind of getting near the end of our time. Well. I know. I don't know if we should talk about it and have a part two, or keep going or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this, to me, this was our fastest one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't. Wow. I looked down yeah. and already over a half hour. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, uh, I didn't know that. So, yeah. So, well, maybe we should consider having a, a part two on this. Yeah. I, I, I guess. Like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Seems so, like it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so well, <laughs> not a lot of conclusions here. Maybe we'll just no. and segue into more stories and perspectives on ourselves and, uh, and people with madness. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, right? Okay. Yeah. You want to sign us off? You're our yep. today. Okay. Yes. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And we'll yes. see you up the road next time on Coffee with Shrinks. Take care. Or tea. <laughs> or tea, yes. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye.